Hi, it's Jamie, progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hi, Jamie, it's you, Jamie. Don't be alarmed, but I think there's a guy following you. Maybe we should get that guard dog we talked about? Nothing too scary, maybe like a Bichon with an attitude? You know, Progressive's collision insurance covers injured dogs and cats at no extra cost, so... Wait, the guy stood up when I stood up. He's on the phone. He's looking right at me. Oh, wait, it's just my reflection. Don't tell anyone about this. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Pet coverage not available in New Hampshire and North Carolina. Inbound comes to Lyles. Double stagger for Hood. They switch it. Hood comes to get it. Left corner three. Got it! Rodney Hood! Oh my goodness, what a shot. 1.4 seconds to play. We're tied! Holy! Wow! You are locked on Jazz. Your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. opening week of Open Gym and what I learned about each player and where they are. Plus, Andy Bailey, who does great work for today's FastBreak.com covering the Jazz, will join the program. That's all coming up on today's edition of Locked on Jazz. Pow! How are you? I'm David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz, Jazz NBA insider. Glad to be with you today. Sorry for the late drop. I flew into town. My daughter had a golf tournament in Palm Springs last weekend. And then uh, just, you know, once the day starts, that's why I do this first thing every morning is once the day starts, I'll know I'll never get to it. Uh, Locked on jazz is brought to you today by seat geek the promo code lo jazz gets you twenty dollar rebate that's lo jazz gets you twenty dollar rebate on your next purchase from seat geek uh and the locked on podcast network is rolling uh the nba group is back at full steam ahead and there's a new nba channel you can subscribe if you go to audio boom and search locked on podcast network there's an nba channel you can just get all the nba shows and everybody's back up and rolling uh so that should be really fun and then on the nfl end of things it's just awesome today because you have the recap of every single game from a local writer from every aspect you could want plus you have the fact that you have the Locked on NFL podcast with Matt Williamson and Vinny Iyer's fantasy show is really good. The Browns have reacted to RG3's injury, so there's a lot of, lot of really, really good stuff that's going on um, on the network. So make sure that you uh, grab those, listen to whatever shows you care about, maybe subscribe to the NBA or NFL channels. All right, let's start the show like we always do with our pins across the world. Always like to do that. If you don't know about this feature, it's been going on for probably close to a year now, you email me at dlock09 at gmail.com and tell me how it is that you uh, became a jazz fan and where it is that you listen from. How's that? Um, It's not hard. Uh, And so we'd like you to do that. Because that's the only way we build a community and we know who you are. I'm going back through a bunch of old ones to try to catch up uh, to some that I have forgotten and uh, or missed or uh, came in at a certain time of year where we didn't get to them or a lot came in at one time or whatever it might be. I'm not always sure what the reason is that we um, miss some of them along the way, but... Um, we do, and so I'm trying to uh, find some of those for you. And today we go to Braden Perry, 
who sent this on January 2nd. He said, thanks for all you do with Locked on Jazz and the broadcasting. I look at the game of basketball in a new light. I don't have cable, so listening to you and Boone on the call makes me lock in. I like that. Anyways, I'm 16 years old, and I live in Riverton, Utah. I remember hearing stories about Carl and John and their legendary runs as jazz men, and one of my fondest memories is in the last season when we made the playoffs. My grandpa had fifth-row seats right by the jazz locker room for a Nuggets game. He couldn't go, so I went with my mom and had a time of my life. I fell in love with the jazz after that. You know, I love these stories that have a grandma, a mom, and this, like, there's three generations of stuff being talked about there. I got lower bowl seats to the Portland game for Christmas. So my buddy and after the game, I got to meet you. It was nice to say hi in person. I'm so excited to see this young team grow and develop. That's from Braden Perry last January. You can send yours in now at dlock09 at gmail.com. All right, let's get to our tip-off story of the day. I just thought I'd recap the first week of open gym and the experiences I had and talking to the guys. And I don't have anything uh, that's necessarily, uh, you know, groundbreaking or earth shattering here, but I thought there'd just be some value. If I just kind of ran alphabetically uh, through each of the guys a little bit uh, and those that I've talked to and and haven't Uh, Joel Ballenboy is our first alphabetical order guy. He's there. He's under contract, likely to make the team with that guaranteed. He's been participating in open gym. He's in town. I think, very unlikely that I think he gets any time this year. Uh, I think he'll spend a lot of time with the Stars. He's got, you know, I think the Jazz feeling on Ballin' Boy is that if you were to think of, like, your basketball career as an eight-mile run, that, you know, most guys get two or three miles in high school and two or three miles in college, and then they put the final two or three miles in, in, in the NBA. I think the feeling is that Ballin' Boy might not have run at all until he got to college and put his two or three college, and the Jazz have a chance to put the final five miles of that development on and hope that he can do it. Right now, I would say he's probably pretty big fish out of water. He's never played guys uh, of this caliber. A.B. is is getting ready, getting getting ready to go. He's still A.B. I had a nice time talking to him for a little while. Um, you know, when we chose our all-time five NBA team, A.B. still put himself on the roster, uh, which you got to love. Uh, he, he's just who he is. Boris Diaw uh, was in town the first few days last week, was not coming off the Olympics, was not really doing much participation-wise, had a nice conversation with him. He's just such a nice guy, an incredible veteran. Coaches are just kind of raving about just sitting around talking the game with him and the insight that he brings. Uh, Dante's out there getting ready, full contact, going after it, battling guys. He's, he's much bigger. Uh, there, was ta- there was some drill he was doing, not drill, but just like, you know, dribbling and uh, stuff. It's really, you know, it's an open gym, kind of open setting uh, thing, but he was running and you saw all the speed. You, you watch him and you know why he was the number five pick of a draft. There's just no question. Uh, he's much bigger than he was. He's grown up. He's got a butt, uh, which he didn't used to have. You can just kind of see he looks like a 21-year-old instead of a kid. And uh, you know, hopefully we'll be rolling. Look forward to watching him some more. Uh, and then, obviously, uh, October 3rd in Portland's going to be in and then October 5th at Phoenix can be big. Uh, favors is uh, just mammoth. Uh, looks great. As I think I've shared with you, the word on him is he's just put incredible effort in to being great. 
Uh, his I talked to him a lot about his jump shot. He's worked on it a ton. I posted that Instagram picture of him. You can follow me on Instagram at DLock09. And he's getting down in a deep crouch. Really talked to me about it. He was trying to use his legs in his jump shot to add some arch. That it used to just be he just wristed everything. He was so strong he could get it there from anywhere. Uh, now he's really in almost of a deep crouch and then comes through. It'll be interesting to see as the as the games start rolling and and the tempo gets faster and whether he can maintain that and he's able and whether or not he's able to maintain that in any way uh or not so we'll see that's i think going to be interesting but his body looks great the word is his footwork is incredible right now that should be helpful defensively as well as offensively so uh faves looks good his twins are both a year old now we talked about that for a while he seems really really good in that regard he's just kind of same guy reserve quiet uh, just incredibly friendly. Quincy Ford is a guy the Jazz signed. He's there working. He's got a beautiful NBA body. I, I'll tell you what, I think he ends up on another roster before the Jazz. Uh, he's just got too good an NBA body. Somebody who was in the Jazz situation a few years ago is going to find him. The Jazz really are the team that's discovered him. But by going through training camp and then going to the D-League and people are going to see him play and what he can do and he can handle a little bit with his size, someone else is going to pick him up. I I don't think the Jazz are going to be able to hide him uh, for very long. Uh, Rudy Gobert's in town. I talked to him a little. He hasn't been doing a lot. I think he went out to P3, did some workouts, and was kind of taking this week uh, last week off, and I think we'll get back on the court this week. Um, I talked to him for a little bit. He was doing some shooting and some things like that, not a lot of running, just kind of resting the body after the Olympics. Said the Olympic experience was great. Unfortunately, they, they would have liked to win more. Uh, but he said it was a it was a cool experience. Uh, Gordon Hayward, we've talked about a lot. He's at two thirty five now. He's up ten pounds from last year. Uh, it's a, around the neck and shoulders. He's big. Just watching him move, the game looks so much easier for him. Uh, with just kind of the magnitude by which his what his strengths able to do for his game, he's also able. Uh, just looks like shots are easy for him right now uh, when he's just kind of going around doing shooting drills. Uh, he was playing off the bounce a little bit and took a fadeaway on the right baseline that looked just stronger and easier than I've ever seen. So that uh, it'll be noticeable to you when you see him for the first time. If you come out to our home game on the 12th, our open scrimmage, which is yet to be announced. So I won't tell you when, but I would presume, I would just logically presume that it is probably sometime before we go to Portland for our uh, preseason game. That would just be my thought for you Um, because there's really no other time it could be if you look at the schedule. We will have played a preseason game on the 12th, so there's no window from when we come back on the 10th. Uh, George Hill came into town this weekend, did that great clinic with the kids. Such a Every report on him is he's just such a great guy. Uh, So that's... Uh, super to see. Can't wait to have his leadership around. Rodney Hood's been interesting to watch. I'm just going alphabetically. Uh, Rodney, he's got a new ball handling element to him. Just watching him kind of work drills with coaches. and So so the word is that he's just done a tremendous amount of work with, the, uh, with Johnny Bryant. And I can see it. And the reason I found out is as I asked some people, what's going on? Like, he just looks like he's got a tighter handle. He looks like he's always been able to kind of get where he wants, but now he's able to get another step past someone. And I guess they worked a lot on his balance and, and trying to get him more on balance on his moves. He's got some multiple actions off of him now I haven't seen before. He looked really good. Uh, Joe Ingles comes in town this week. Chris Johnson's here. I had a nice sit-down conversation 
with Chris, I didn't realize how kind of transient Chris's upbringing was that when we were talking about kind of his youth and some things like that, that he just really was moving around to numerous different places um, in his as a youngster without a lot of home kind of set ground um, what makes his story even better. What an easy guy to root for. Joe Johnson's in town, just such a pro. Unbelievable. When you just watch him, you can just tell uh, that he's got a different element to him, a different level of experience. He's got a little bit of an aura to him. I think he's weighing about 255, so he'll be able to slide to the four with ease. He'll be a big three for people to handle. Uh, he's super long, looks good, uh, wearing a short short, and uh, fired up to have him around. There's just an aura to him and an ease to him. Trey Lyles, uh, I think that we... I told you guys that the word on him is he worked incredibly hard in the offseason, did remarkable things uh, in the gym, and they're so excited. Hayward and Favors really were the lead guys working, but Lyles wasn't far behind. Uh, had a nice conversation with him. He's just he's obviously just growing up a little bit more comfortable. Shelvin Max, a guy you watch him out there, you can just tell he spent every day in the gym. He's just a guy that plays. He's just a baller. Remember, we had a great friend. The scout was a great friend. He's moved on to other things. We used to talk about guys that are ballers, and Shelvin's just a baller. Uh, Neto has been in town, hasn't been doing a lot similar. I think he went P3, and then he's uh, he's kind of hanging on to get his body ready. He's going to go back on the court. He was kind of chomping at the bit this last week. Had a wonderful conversation with him about just the Olympics and what an incredible experience it was for him at um, to be in Brazil and to be playing for home and to have the flag waving. And then uh, the closing, I think he, it's either he or Rudy that talked about how incredible the closing ceremonies were. I think it was Rudy who talked about staying for the closing ceremonies. And then uh, Neto also just had a really interesting conversation about what it's like to be 24 famous and trying to make friends. Really interesting, dude. And then Jeff Withey uh, is around continuing to have a positive impact uh, every single time he is on the floor. So that's just kind of the thought that would be valuable, the rundown of the first week. Hope that's what you wanted to hear. You guys want the inside scoop. No one else has given that to you. That's what we do here on the Locked On Podcast Network and Locked On Jazz. Today's show is brought to you by SeatGeek. Download the promo code LOJAZZ and you get $20 back as a rebate on your first purchase. SeatGeek's the easiest place to get tickets to a game or concert that you might want to. Just download the app on your phone. The tickets will come to you on the phone. And SeatGeek, make sure you never miss a deal because they pull all the seats from all of the other locations around. And we've got two enormous football games coming up here where SeatGeek can help you out. UCLA is at BYU on Saturday. Uh, if you look at SeatGeek, you can get tickets. Uh, section 108 looks like it's the best deal out there. I think it's got a ticket. Oh, no, there's a ticket score of an 83 somewhere. But it, 108's got a ticket score. And a ticket score is where they put the green circle uh, and tells you how good a ticket score. So this one's at 57. It's nice green circle. $87 to buy tickets on about the 10-yard line uh, to go to that game. And you try and you can find the best ticket scores. Now, there's another one here where somebody wants 325 for row 27, 50-yard line, and that's got a ticket score of one. SeatGeek's telling you, you know what, that guy is trying to get too much money for that seat. So you can go look around and find better places, and SeatGeek tells you section 108, you get an $87 seat. It's much better. Plus, you put in the promo code LOJAZZ, and you've now just paid 67 for that seat. USC at Utah two weeks from now, and there are is a... 
Somebody wants $565 for their seat in the middle of Section 36, right? 50-yard line. Okay, well, that's a small red circle. But look at this one. $99 to sit on the 20-yard line. That is a ticket, amazing ticket deal of $91. And if it's, or excuse me, of 91 points. If it's not there, it's because I bought it already. Because that is going to be an epic, epic game, Utah versus USC. So go to SeatGeek. It puts all the places in the right all the deals in the right place. It also uh, gives you the nice setup of, of what ticket price is best. You download the app, add the promo code uh, LOJAZZ, and you get $20 uh, back uh, as a rebate. It's all brought to you by SeatGeek. We're joined now by Andrew Bailey. He writes today's Fast Break, which is a fabulous NBA site. If you go to the Jazz page on today's Fast Break, it's always kind of a perfect summation of all of the things that are being talked about uh, around the team. Uh, Andrew's uh, latest piece is sorting out the rotation. There's a bunch of really good things. Boris Dio, Joe Johnson breakdowns, a lot of of good work. And so it's over at todaysfastbreak.com, which is a great NBA site. They also got todayspigskin.com, which is a good NFL site. So I wanted to have Andy on today. Andy, thanks very much uh, for coming on. I think most of our listeners probably know you're pretty darn active on that social network thing. Yes, I am, and thanks for the the kind intro. I really appreciate that. So I'm at watching these guys work out right now, and they're in this. It, it gets pretty exciting. I mean, when you start kind of looking at Joe Johnson, there was a sequence where they were running some just kind of I don't even want to call it like it's just they're kind of pick up at times and they're doing. A, but there was just like I was looking at one part of the gym, and there was Joe Johnson kind of working on a post up, and then I looked on the other side, and there was Rodney Hood working on a post up, and then I looked over there, and there was Gordon Hayward looking at working on a post up, and I was like, they could have all three of those guys on the floor at the same time. All three of them could be posting with Lyles or Dio or both lifted. That lineup would never rebound. But, like, you just start looking at the options, and you're like, holy smokes, Quinn Snyder has got so many different things he can do right now. Yeah. I mean, it's it's almost impossible to try and figure out which lineups he'll use because the the number seems limitless right now. As, as you were talking, I thought, you're mentioning three wings who can post up, and all three of those guys can also run pick and roll. All three of those guys can shoot. Um, all three of those guys have sort of an in-between game. And, and it's not just those three. Uh, they have five or six wings that I would trust to do pretty much all of those things. And then you add Trey Lyles, who's a big, who can do a lot of that too. And it's just it's really exciting for me to think about the various possibilities that they have and just – like I said, it's it's endless. I don't I don't know how he's going to figure it out or if he ever really needs to, just because. in any situation comes up over the course of the season, Utah should have some kind of a lineup to counter it. So it's it's really exciting for me the the way that this roster has been constructed. Let's be really. I'm going to be negative for a minute because everybody's being positive. Okay. What holds them back? You know, right now everybody's talking about four seed or you know somewhere in that. What 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 prevents that from happening? Well, I think I think the stock answer is probably health, which was obviously the problem last year. I think if you take the starting front court for any team in the NBA and have each guy miss 20 games, they're, they're not going to be anywhere near as good. You take the starting point guard and have him miss the whole season, and, and any team's not going to be as good. But there are also, I mean, there's other pitfalls potentially for the team. I think the fact that this collection of guys has never really won together uh, is certainly something. They all are intriguing prospects. They all have upside still, but nobody has shown um, 
that they can kind of take that next step. Now, you hope that the addition of Boris Diaw, somebody who's obviously been in big situations, Joe Johnson, uh, George Hill, will kind of fix that issue a little bit. But, uh, I mean, this is a new group for them, too. So it's still new. Um, and then there are a couple of guys who, who a decent amount seems to be resting on um, who I, I think will be good. I think Dante Exum will be good. I think Trey Lyles will be good, but it's not a guarantee. And and even if those guys aren't good right now, there's like like we said earlier, there's so much depth to kind of make up for that this season. So even the pitfalls as I see them while they're real, um, Dennis Lindsay just seems to have constructed this roster that accounts for every one of those potential issues. So <laughs> it 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 is a little bit scary to see all the optimism and the positivity because you just think, well, it would be sad for all these fans and these players if it all kind of backfired, but. It's just so hard to see that happening right now. All right, let me ask. This is the question I've been asking everybody in the organization. Um, and then I'll, I don't know if you heard today's um, podcast. Well, the day we were – actually, I'm all into full disclosure. We're recording this on the 8th of September. Um, so if something crazy happens by the time this airs next week, that's why Andy and I aren't talking about it. Um, <laughs> so just I'm not trying to hide that from anyone. Um, but with that – so with that said – uh, when I've I've been asking people this question, I mentioned it on the eighth of uh, of October of September's podcast, and that is, give me the two things that make this team really fabulous. And when I say really fabulous, I mean, you know, maybe even winning that second round playoff series, or really at least giving someone a battle in that second round playoff series, and, and you know, maybe maybe being the team that ends up in the Western Conference Finals against the Warriors. Uh, that that's what I, I mean. That's a really high. But what are the two things in your mind that happen that make that happen? So I think this is one that you've mentioned on your podcast a few times, or at least I've, I think I've heard you mention it. If Dante Exum, if, if he can recapture what he did defensively as a rookie and then add, let's say, just mediocre offensive ability uh, in this next season, he will be an extremely impactful player. Uh, there's a there's a metric developed by a guy who bleached report named Adam Frommel. He's kind of a numbers guy there um, called factor-adjusted team similarities. And it takes the, the traditional four factors of basketball and plugs them into this big formula and, and then it spits out how the team plays when that player's on the floor. And as a rookie, um, the Jazz played like a 50-win team when Dante Exum was on the floor and they played like a 34-win team when he was off. And that was all defense, as you know. Um, so if you add that with just a little bit of offensive ability, I think you have a potentially very special player. And you have you have a guy who can play alongside George Hill. And I think that backcourt combo, um, as much as I love Rodney Hood, who could this goes to the versatility thing we were talking about. He can slide to the three and play with both of those guys, but I think George Hill and Dante Exum have a chance to be one of, if not the best, defensive backcourts in the league. And then the other thing, um, the other thing to me is just a general sort of clicking on offense. And when Quinn Snyder first came on, that was, I think, most of the talk around when he was hired was, was offense. I remember right after he was hired, there was sort of a tick and roll manifesto that he wrote a few years ago, kind of started circling around the internet. He was supposed to be this offensive maestro. And I think he is that, but it's just kind of taken everybody a little bit of time to grasp those concepts. 
while they, they seem to figure out the defense a little quicker, if everybody kind of finally clicks on the other side of the ball and they become, I would say, around top 10 offensively, I, I think they have a chance to be one of the best teams in the league. Because defensively, I, barring some kind of major injury, I, I can't see them finishing worse than fifth on defense. Well, if you're top 10 in one and top five in the other, you're, yeah, you're right there. I mean, the rule yeah. to, be, to be a championship-caliber team, I always say the first level is just you have to be top 10 in both. If you're top 10 in both, you have a chance to win the championship. And that's – I actually – I've heard you say that many times, and that's kind of why – if they can be near 10, I I hesitate to say they'll break into the top 10 um, on offense, but if they can just get around there with it as good as, as their defense has the potential to be – um, I think the projections that some people have that have them finishing second, while it looks kind of crazy um, for the, the casual fan who saw 40 and 42 last year, I don't think it's it's unreasonable. Well, that's when you just decide that they're Atlanta. Yeah, and that was – so that's another thing that you – I'm referencing you on your own show a lot, but it's another thing I heard you mention. Um, I think it was with Josh Lloyd on the, the Loft on Fantasy. Um the year before Atlanta won 68-60 games, they had won 38. And it was it was Mike Budenholzer's first year when they won 38, and then they jump up to 60. And it's some of the similar concepts that Quinn Snyder has. I mean, he, he was in Atlanta before he came to Utah. So it's just I think it's a lot of stuff that maybe takes guys a year or two to figure out. And then also that, that magical ingredient of health um, always plays in, too. That, that helps chemistry when guys can actually play with each other a lot. Um, and I think if, if all those things come together, it, it would not shock me um, to see them become sort of the Atlanta West. Quick reminder for all the Jazz fans, Locked on Fantasy Basketball with Josh Lloyd is doing previews of every NBA team. Check that out on the Locked on Podcast Network. Here's the one that jumps out to me when I start looking at this team. Uh, actually, let me go back to one thing you mentioned. Uh, you and I are both numbers guys. I think there's great value to it. I obviously love it. Uh, but I also think there's a, there's a flaw sometimes that we give a number and we never give an explanation of why. So let me go back to a comment you made, which was about Dante's defense. And one of the things that was yes. most interesting last year when I talked to Quinn is Quinn talked about how when he had Dante as the point guard, if they were covering the pick and roll and when you, guard the pick and roll, you can now make a choice. Your big can come out and and either double the ball carrier, he can kind of shade the ball carrier, or he can drop back. And that's where Rudy's probably at his best is when Rudy drops back. And remember, that's when Rudy was dominant. Well, the key to that, if you're going to do that and drop the big, is your point guard actually willingly trails playing on the inside shoulder of the ball handler, playing behind the ball handler, or even playing maybe out on the back shoulder of their shooting hand, depending which way you want to do it. And Dante Exum at 6'6", with a 6'9", reach, could stand behind a player, wave his hand, and alter the guy's shot. It would mean that Rudy could drop, cover the rim, the guard would penetrate, and not have a shooting window because Dante was big enough to bother him. And George Hill's big enough to do that. But Howell Neto and Trey Burke and Shelvin Mack are not. So that's fundamentally, like, in the game, why having Dante and George Hill defensively with the then also the capability of switching at every position, including Rudy, or not switching and dropping your big, allows you to do so many things that you couldn't do before. 
Yeah, I love that explanation. And and Dante, from my recollection, that rookie year, um, he was really good at covering the pick and roll both ways. And I don't know if he was asked to do it both ways or if he just sort of unconsciously slipped into it. But when he would, so so you're talking about when he goes over the screen, which is you gave a great illustration of that, and I think George Hill is capable of it too. But Dante also had the ability more so than just about any other point guard. Uh, I've seen in the NBA to go under the screen and quickly recover out to a jump shot. And it's the, the length that you mentioned, as well as just really quick instincts, uh, just athletic explosion, um, an ability to go around a pick, sort of assess what the guy's going to do and then and close that quickly. I saw him block a few jump shots that way. And to be able to cover, <laughs> to be able to contain a pick and roll so well with one player, the way that Dante can, um, it opens up so much for everybody else on that defense. And, and I, I just think getting him back to that level that he was at, or, or this is scary, even better maybe, um, could do wonders for the Jazz. Well, he's much bigger. I mean, I, I saw him, I've talked with him this week. He's much bigger. And I still, yeah, and I, and I still saw, I will say this in a little bit, I've watched him. Um, he's got a long way to go. I don't think we can even, I don't think we're, I think it'd be unfair for anyone to evaluate him till game 42 this year. I think, you know, he'll be a little bit ahead of where Jabari was last year because he he's had longer since the ACL, but I, you know, we didn't evaluate anything Jabari did till game 42. And then he post all-star break. We said, Oh, he's going to be really good. Like, I think that's almost what we have to do with Dante also. Uh, but with that said, I saw just a little bit. I've seen him on the floor, everything that made him a fifth pick. Like everything, like oh, like oh, you saw and like I see something, like oh, that's why I was drafted five. Oh, that's why I was drafted five. Like you just see it, and you're like, okay, it's still there. That's what I. That's exactly how I felt watching him uh, it, last year's summer league. The the one game that he got a chance to play, there were several of those eye opening moments where he thought those <laughs> those are the physical tools that that make him a top five pick, and and to just sort of piggyback on your point about him and him being bigger. Um, he was bigger then too. And that was maybe the first time I'd seen him really use his body and kind of muscle a guy away where he, he needed to get a position in some spot. So to hear that he's even bigger now um, is even more encouraging. I, I, I'm really excited to see what he can do. I think it's reasonable to sort of hold judgment, like you said. Uh, but at the same time, I, I just can't wait to see what he looks like and what the team looks like with him. It's interesting. I was uh, just a side note, I'm going to leave out some specifics here, but just I want to share it. I was talking with our strength and conditioning coach the other day. It was about something else, and we were talking about a certain test that actually kids do, everybody does, and um, I knew somebody who had done well at it, and I was asking what's the relevance of this, and it was interesting. He said, you know, one of the things of this test it has to do with body movement, ability to jump, react quickly. He said it's actually, of all interesting things, it also tells you how well they'll be able to put on muscle how well their body reacts to putting on muscle. He says Gordon Hayward and Dante Exum are our two best on our on our roster at that. Gordon Hayward is weighing 235 right now. Wow. Right? I mean, and it, I mean he's, he's the guy that's been on muscle watch for a couple of years now, so to think of Dante Exum in, in a similar vein, that's, that's definitely intriguing. Right. All right, here's the last one. As Andy Bailey, uh, today's fastbreak.com, does great, great work. Uh, I would, you know, I don't know if people still do this. I do it. I bookmark things and have them up on my uh, browser. I don't. Maybe that's like really old. Uh, so here, here's what excites me on the next one. I mean, I, I'm, 
I'm, I got to try to control myself because I'm just going to get stupid here at some point about this. <laughs> but if if you look last year at the NBA, the top eight teams in three-point percentage of shots were taken as threes. The top eight teams all made the playoffs. Okay, 11 of the top 13 all made the playoffs. Only the Suns and Sixers didn't. Every team that used more than a third of their shots as a three made the playoffs. And then, actually, you get into it, the Warriors and Cavaliers were two and three. The Hawks and the Blazers, who made the second round, were uh, five and six. Uh, So then you get into, of the top six teams in the NBA, four of the six uh, advanced the second round. So four of the eight teams you know, that advanced to the second round were in the top six in three-point shooting. The Jazz last year took 28.8% of their shots as threes. I got to figure they're going to be over 33% this year. Yeah, and it's that that is really encouraging um, to hear that, and that will kind of fly in the face of a lot of the old talking heads. Um, when you have these lineups that we've kind of alluded to and mentioned earlier, there's, there's going to be times when you could conceivably have five guys out there who can and are willing to shoot threes. I love the idea of Boris Diaw as sort of a playmaking stretch five. Uh, you put four other wings out there with him. I, I don't, I don't know how anybody in the league can guard that. Now, again, this is, this is something that we haven't seen in practice yet for them. So, so maybe it won't click right away, but just the thought of all these, shooting heavy lineups, pick and roll heavy lineups where three or four guys can be called on to do anything at any time. Um, the amount of versatility and the amount of doors that opens for an offense is just, it's, it's so exciting to think about what could happen for them. Well, on that note, I look forward to seeing you around the arena. I hope you find a way to avoid uh, too many law school classes while you're writing about the, <laughs> writing about the NBA. Uh, and uh, appreciate your time. It will be exciting to see what happens uh, this season, and it will be interesting to see if either San Antonio or the Clippers slip in any manner. Yeah. And open some doors. And then also, you know, there's, we, we, don't, we, don't, we don't ever look enough at the rest of the league. I mean, there are – I think the Rockets are going to be really good. I think the Rockets are going to be a top-five offensive team. And so then the question to them is, if can they be an average defensive team? Because as we've talked about, then you're really good. And we, we discount so often. We just look at ourselves. Hey, we're going to be good. Well, you've got to be able to beat everybody else along the way. And I'm not sure who, what everybody else is going to do this year, but some of those teams are probably better than we realize right now. Yeah, that's the thing, especially in the West. I, I mean, there was I had a lot of people arguing with me on Twitter that, Twitter that the East had caught up last season. And I just think, nothing could be further from the truth. I I think there's still so much talent in the West that the, the Jazz have to face night in and night out. So, yeah, you're absolutely right. There is There are other teams at work here. So the, the Utah will have its work cut out for it, but, but I, I think the future is bright for sure. Andy Bailey, catch him on today's fast break. Always a pleasure to read your stuff. Great chatting with you. Keep up the good work on the Twitter thing, and we'll talk to you soon. Hi, David. Thanks. Thanks for having me. That is Andy Bailey, and that is today's edition of Locked on Jazz. Hope you enjoyed the show today. 
And uh, we'll be back with you tomorrow as we're back to the daily format. It's part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Catch all the good stuff that's going on along the network. Grab the Locked On NFL if you'd like to. All the NBA teams are up and rolling. There's really good shows uh, taking place across the board. So make sure you do that. And as always, special thanks to SeatGeek for their sponsorship. The promo code is LOJAZZ. That's LOJAZZ to get your 20 dollar rebate this has been locked on jazz part of the locked on podcast network it takes a lot to get excited about a bag but most bags can't save you 20 percent on auto parts that's 20 percent off headlamps 20 percent off oil filters 20 percent off virtually anything you can fit inside the 99 cent napa reusable bag so tell your buddies there's a bag they just have to check out Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa Auto Parts stores while supplies last. Minimum three items. Exclusions apply. Offer ends 10 17